0: Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. As of March 7th, you can join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at our new church home at 5103 Pegasus Court. You can also continue to watch online on Facebook or through the Church Center app. Either way, we hope you join us. Now, let's check out Sunday's message. You know that Mission Barbecue opens up on Monday, right? (laughs) We teased some big news on Facebook this week. That's not it. This is just my favorite restaurant. So after church, you see me in the golf cart, like rolling. You know where I'm going. I'm going to Mission. Uh, In all seriousness, we have some great things happening at Collective that I'm excited to share with you today. And I'm going to kick things off with this. When we made the decision to do a capital campaign and raise money so we could move into this building, there were multiple reasons. Uh, The first was we were running out of seats at West Frederick Middle School. Also, the seats were metal and very uncomfortable. Uh, The second was we were running out of space to grow our environments. Our trailer was full, our storage was full. We really couldn't make things better while we were there. And we also knew that having our own space would give us more opportunity for us to serve our community. And this week, we were presented with an opportunity to do just that. Uh, thanks to one of our collective kids team members who is also a pharmacist, we'll be using this building as a vaccination site on May 5th and 26th for both doses of the Pfizer vaccine. And so there, currently, it's good. There are 100 slots available. Um, And so if you're 16 or older, you can actually sign up. They actually encouraged us to let Collective know, hey, you get first dibs on that. And so if you've been waiting for that, if you're interested in that, um, the best way to sign up is through the app. You can open up your church center app. And in the bottom right, it says events. You click on that and you can sign up. Um, Now, if you don't have the Church Center app on your phone, you really should download this. Um, It's a great way to stay connected during the week. If you're not here, uh, you can fill out connection cards. You can watch online. There's Uh, Collective Kids online resources on there as well. And the way you do that is you go to the App Store and you search for Church Center. And then once you download that, search for Collective Church, log in, and you're good to go. Uh, And so if you want to do that, you can. If you don't and you have opinions about it, I don't care. We're using this building anyways. We want this building to be a blessing for this community. um, And that's a promise that we made to our church as well as our city. And this is just one small way that we get to do that. In 2020, uh, Deloitte Global did a survey where they reached out to millennials and Gen Zs from 43 different countries to better understand their desires and perspectives on life. And one of the questions the survey asked was, what do you want for your life? And they gave options like make enough money to retire young, start a family, work your way up to the top of your occupational field and travel the world. But the number one answer that was given was fascinating. Over 75% of millennials and Gen Zs said that they wanted to make a positive impact on the world more than anything else, more than money, more than cars, more than epic Instagram travel photos that you could share and get a ton of likes. Their desire was to drive positive change in their community and the world. And here's the thing. I don't think it matters what generation you're a part of. You probably resonate with this. Because here's the truth. We all want to make a difference, right? Like we all want to make this world a better place, to leave it better than we found it. No matter where you stand religiously or politically, most of you want to have a positive impact on this world, right? We want to do something and be a part of something that truly matters. Today's the final Sunday in our series called Stop Going to Church. And the goal of this series is to move every person in here and online forward in their faith. To move people from a place of church shopping or church consuming or lukewarm Christianity to a place where church and faith are a priority. And so week one, we talked about the fact that we need to stop going to church and we need to set down roots. Last week, we talked about how we need to stop going to church and choose community. And today, I want to challenge you to stop going to church and make an impact. So I'm gonna start by talking about two small ways that you can make an impact right here, right now. And we talked about this last week, but one of the ways you can do that is to serve, to use your time, talents, and abilities to create space for other people to experience Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12 says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. A little bit further in verse 27, it says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Paul who writes this is a church planner and he's writing to the church in Corinth to remind them that everyone has a part to play. And so one simple way that you can make a difference is to serve. You create space for other people to set down roots. Another way that you can make a difference is through giving. And I know anytime the word giving or money is involved in church, some of you have a visceral reaction to that. And I feel that, we understand that. Uh, We will never pressure you to give. This is why we don't pass offering baskets. We stopped doing that in the fall of 2018, long before COVID. And the reason we stopped doing that is because we didn't want to make anyone feel pressured to give. And so if you want to give, you can do it on the app, you can do it online, you can drop off something in the great offering baskets on your way out the door but we want that decision to be yours. 2 Corinthians, Paul also writes uh, in chapter nine, verse seven, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God doesn't want you to give out of guilt or shame. God doesn't want you to give out of reluctance. God wants people who follow Jesus, which is really important, people who follow Jesus to give out of a place of joy and trust in him. And the reason... Why giving at Collective makes an impact is because we as a church give away 10% of every dollar that we receive in our general fund. In other words, as a church, we tithe. And I was looking into this this week, and this is what it means for the life of our church. Since the fall of 2017, Collective has given away $100,000 to help plant new churches in Boone, North Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, Mooresville, North Carolina, and a new church starting this fall in Goldsboro, North Carolina. We also helped a church to start in Haiti called Home Church that we still support regularly financially. We've spent an additional $50,000 to support Frederick Rescue Mission, West Frederick Middle School, the Mental Health Association of Frederick, Blessings in a Backpack, and our other community partners. And it's not just general giving that we give away. One of the promises that I made to you all when we started a capital campaign in the fall of 2019 was that we would give away 10% of that as well. And so some of you remember, in December, we announced that we gave away $10,000 and partnered with other churches in Maryland to pay off medical debt through a company called RIP Medical Debt that buys off debt for pennies on the dollar. And we got an official impact uh, report a month ago, and check this out. This is what we announced in December. All in all, $4.23 million of debt were paid off, impacting more than 2,500 families in Maryland. But here's the best part. Together with these churches, these churches that we didn't even know going into this project, we raised more money than expected, and an additional $1.3 million of debt will be paid off this year. So the grand total of debt paid off by Collective and these nine other churches in Maryland is $5.5 million, that's amazing. And the thing is, so many of you helped with that. The second thing we did was we bought a 12-passenger van so we could better support the Frederick Rescue Mission. Uh, Collective is lucky enough to be one of the churches that our friends in the Change Life Recovery Program can attend, and that is a huge honor for us. But when we made the plan to move out of West Frederick Middle School, this meant we were no longer within walking distance. So we promised the mission that we would buy a van and we'd pick the guys up every single Sunday. And on Easter, we started our van shuttle for the Frederick Rescue Mission. So if you notice that Easter, things got a little bit rowdier, that's why. (laughs) Thanks, guys. And this leads me to my second big announcement for today. Part of our promise was that we'd give away a portion of that 10% to Global Missions, and we're excited to share that we're adding a new global partner to Collective. This fall, we're sending $5,000 to Impacto Latino, and this is a church planning organization that works to serve, recruit, train, fund, and coach church planters as they start churches in the major cities in Mexico. They've already planted three churches, Their goal is to plant five more this year. And so we are going to financially support them and their work as they go forward. And then in 2022, we're gonna start sending teams regularly to go and serve with them and help them and help train those pastors and leaders. And this is in our wheelhouse as a church. Right, it's not just giving financially, it's us as a church and organization helping them plant better churches in Mexico. And so we're really excited about this. And so if you gave to the capital campaign, thank you so much, we cannot wait to see the long-term impact that this will have, not just here in Frederick, but globally as well. And the thing is, those are just two small ways that you you can make an impact right now, right? Two small ways that you can make an impact on a regular basis. But here's really what I wanna talk to you about today the biggest impact we can make is to bring grace into a world that desperately needs it. Philip Yancey said that grace is the most perplexing, powerful force in the universe and the only hope for our twisted and violent planet. Grace is the truth that God already loves us as much as an infinite God can possibly love because God loves people based on who he is, not based on who they are. Grace is endless second chances, Grace is getting something better than we deserve. Grace is life-giving and life-changing. And in a world that is full of ungrace, this is what we need. The biggest impact we can make is to bring grace into a world that desperately needs it. And if you are a follower of Jesus, this is a non-negotiable piece of being part of the church. And here's why. In the Bible, the word church is used over 150 times, and it's used to talk about specific churches, but it's also used to talk about like universal church, like the church as a whole. And each time the word is used, it's the Greek word, ekklesia, ekklesia. And the word translates to mean gathering or assembly. And so whenever you're reading the Bible and it talks about church, it isn't talking about a building or a denomination or even a specific type of worship experience. It's talking about a group of people that come together to live out the mission of Christ. In other words, if you listen to a church's podcast, that's good, and i recommend that you do that, but that's not church. It's not. Honestly, it's more self-help than church because part of the foundation of church is community. It's gathering together. But here's what's fascinating about the word ekklesia. Ek means out. Klesia comes from the Greek word kaleo, which means called. So it very literally means the called out ones. In other words, we gather together to worship. We gather together to learn and grow in our faith. We gather together to use our gifts. We gather together to honor God. But then we go out into the world and bring with us what we learn in this space, Right? We leave here with the good news that grace is available, given from a God who loves people, no matter how lost or broken they are. And we deliver this message to a world that desperately needs to hear it. We are called out. Talk about irony, right? The word used to describe the church is called out, and yet our desire is to stay in. Right? Our desire tends to be about our faith, our comfort, our beliefs, our relationship with Jesus. But that isn't at all what the church is supposed to be about, right? Church isn't a place that you go, it's a movement that you're a part of. let's go back to the verses I read last week in Acts 2. Just as a refresher, the first church service post-Jesus focused on two things, proof that Jesus is the Son of God who resurrected from the dead, showing that his promises of grace and hope and new life were real, and baptism as a response to that. That's the first church service. And then, then the church started. Acts two forty two says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including Lord's Supper, which is communion, and to prayer. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Right? They gathered together, Ecclesia, to worship, learn, take communion, and do a bunch of other things in the community. But check out how this section ends. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. How does this happen? If the church is a place where we come for an hour on Sunday to listen and consume and then leave it at the door on our way out. If the church is just for church people to be filled up, how did the church grow? How do lost people become found? The church has never been just about Sunday mornings. Yes, this is a very valuable part of your week. Yes, this should be a priority but there are 167 additional hours in the week when we aren't here, when we are called out. Did any of you ever play capture the flag as a kid? We used to play uh, these massive games. There'd be like 50 plus kids and we used to roam these neighborhoods where my best friend used to live. And I remember there'd be times when we'd be playing for hours and no one would win the game. And so at some point we needed everyone to meet back in the middle, to meet in the same place to regather and we would shout, all the oxen free, right? Do you guys do that? Some of you are too young to do that. You're not allowed to go outside anymore, so. <laughs> but do you remember this? right? Maybe, maybe you shouted it after playing a game of hide and seek, but this was what was shouted to let everyone know that it's safe to come out of hiding. It's safe to come back to home base. That's what Sunday mornings are. It's that time of the week where we gather together when we're safe, Right? We don't have to worry about being it and being tagged. We don't have to worry about what side we're on. We only have to worry about regathering. Right? And we regather here every single week, but then we're sent back out. Right? And that's what the church is all about. It's not just this on Sunday mornings. Yes, it's where we worship. Yes, it's where we serve. Yes, it's where we give. Yes, it's where we learn and grow. But then we're called back out to bring the grace of God into this world. One of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples was this in Matthew 28. He says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The word disciple simply means a learner, right? It's people who want to learn about Jesus, it's people who want to pursue faith, it's people who want to grow in their relationship with him. And if you are someone who follows Jesus, this is a command. Go and tell other people about who Jesus is. Go show other people what it looks like to love God and love people. Go bring grace to the world. And the early church did this. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Not just one person here and there, it was daily and in masses. The first church was full of people who took what they were learning in church and in their community, then brought it out into the world. The church started with 120 people, that's it. Today, there are 2.3 billion people in the world who follow Jesus. You see, the church in Acts, the example that we get from them is that they are a healthy church. And because it's healthy, it grew. It was also a church for people who didn't believe, for people who needed hope, for people who needed community. The church was for the sinner and the skeptic, the broken and the lost. And the church was so captivating. The church was so captivating and so loving. The church was so active in their community that it was irresistible. Think about that idea. A church that looks so much like Jesus that people can't help but want to be a part of it. A church that made such a big impact that people couldn't help but want to share it with their friends and their neighbors and their community a church that even the most skeptical person would want to check out because they could see that marriages were healthier, relationships were stronger, community needs were being met. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the story of the church. It never stopped going out and being called out and making an impact. And because of that, when you read the book of Acts, you see the church never stopped growing. Acts 4 says this, but many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled 5,000, 120 to 5,000 people. Acts 5, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Acts 6, so God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. Acts 9, the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. It also grew in numbers. Acts 11, the power of the Lord was with them and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. Acts 16, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Acts 17, as a result, many Jews believed, as did many prominent Greek women and men. Now imagine if those 120 people decided that grace wasn't to be shared. Imagine if those 120 people decided that only they could experience the hope of Jesus. Imagine if those 120 people decided that forgiveness was a secret to be kept. Imagine if those 120 people decided that new life and redemption and restoration and peace and joy and purpose were just for them, just for the church. How different would church look today? How different would your life look today? Do you see what I'm getting at? the biggest impact we can make is to bring grace into a world that desperately needs it, to share with people the hope that Jesus offers, to invite people to be a part of a community where endless second chances are real, where marriages are restored, where addictions are broken, where friendships are authentic, where you can make an impact on this world, where you can wrestle with your faith without judgment, where you don't have to be perfect. This is how we make an impact on this world. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you believe you have the greatest news that anyone could hear. And it is our job to bring that to the world. So here's what I want you to ask yourself today. Who do I know that needs grace? Who do I know that needs hope? Who do I know that needs joy? Who do I know that needs to be here? And what am I gonna do about that? Because if you want to make an impact, a real and eternal impact on this world, a generational impact that lasts beyond your years, it starts with living a life that's called out. That means gathering together and then bringing Jesus with us as we leave this place on Sunday mornings. Here's the final big announcement for the day. We've been talking about this for a few weeks and it's just officially time. Starting next week, we will have two services on Sunday mornings. This room is packed. There's like 700 kids down in Sweet (laughs) Sea. The new times will be 9.15 and 10.45, okay? You pick whatever time's best for you. Honestly, you pick whatever time is best for you to bring your friends and family who don't know Jesus to. That's how you make a decision on when you go to church. But here's why we're doing this. Because last week, there were 255 people that showed up and we ran out of seats, but there are so many more people in our city that are hurting right now that are looking for answers that are lost, beat down, broken, struggling, lonely. And they are looking for something to pull them out of the pit they are in. They're looking for grace, even if they don't know that's what they're looking for. And it is our job as a church to create room for them to be a part of this community to shout every single week once we leave this place, all the oxen free, and give people a home base that is safe. And it's our job to go out and invite people to experience that. And listen, if you are not a follower of Jesus, or you're on the fence about church and faith, or you have sprinted far away from God, and you're now just slowly working your way back, here's what we want you to know. Collective was started for you. It was. It, was started so, it wasn't started so Christian people could be filled up on Sundays and go home. It was started so that people who are far from God can experience his goodness and his love and his grace. So I know that some of you feel uncomfortable in church because you aren't sure you belong. You do. And I know that some of you feel uncomfortable in church because you feel like this is a place for Christians and you're impeding. You're not. This church is for you. You can be rooted here. You can find community here, you can make a difference here, you can find grace here, but most importantly, you can experience Jesus here, and you can do so without feeling like an outsider because you belong here. On March 12th, 1928, catastrophe struck in Los Angeles, California, when the St. Francis Dam collapsed. Holding 12.4 billion gallons of water, which equaled two years of LA's drinking water, the water swept swept through the valley below, killing 431 people. It's one of the worst American civil engineering disasters of the 20th century and remains the second greatest loss of life in California's history. But the truth is the death toll could have been even higher. You see, at 1.30 a.m., motorcycle patrol officer Thornton Edwards got a call that a 55-foot wall of water was bearing down on Santa Paula, a town of 7,000 people. Thornton, knowing that there was no way to warn everyone by phone, hopped on his bike, ran the siren, and rode toward the flood. And what he did was he woke up as many people as possible, and he instructed them to get themselves and their neighbors to higher ground. Edwards rode through the darkness until his motorcycle was swept away by the flood, and he was luckily able to fight his way to higher ground and survive. It was a decision that would save thousands of lives. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like there's a 55-foot way bearing down on me and my family and this world. Divorces are up, suicides are up, overdoses are up, mental health is in decline. There seems to be a new mass shooting every single day. People are trying to figure out how to mourn the loss of loved ones without closure. People are wandering throughout life trying to make sense of it all and it's bearing down on them. And here we are with a truth that we believe can bring life. Right? And if you are a follower of Jesus, you believe that you know the key to hope. Right? You believe that you know the key to life. You believe that you know the key to joy. The question is, what would you do to get that to other people? To love other people, to save other people? Would you ride toward the wave even though you know you might get hurt, would you just make sure that you were safe and let destruction pass? You see, people who claim Jesus believe that they know it brings life instead of death and destruction. And if we aren't doing everything we can to bring that to the world, to bring that to our neighbors, to bring that to our coworkers, to bring that to our friends and our family in our city, we aren't being the church. We're just being spectators. We're just going to church. We're simply cheering on Jesus and then heading home. So it's time to stop going to church and make an impact. It's time to stop going to church and start being the church. Let's pray. God, we know um, that your biggest desire is that lost people can be found. God, we know that you sent your son to live a perfect life and to die so that our sins could be forgiven, so that every single person that exists can experience that, can experience that hope and that grace and that life. But God, we don't always understand why you left the church to be responsible with that message. And to be honest, God, um, the church hasn't done the best job with that. Christians haven't done the best job with it. I haven't done the best job with that. And so, God, here we are with this message that brings life that grace is real and that it's life giving and life changing. And we're holding on to it. So, God, I pray this week that we have boldness. God, I pray this week that you put people in our path that are hurting. God, we have the opportunity to share with them that something better exists in this world. God, that something exists that will give life, that will give hope, that will give joy, that will give peace. God, something exists where community is authentic and real. But God, I pray that we don't just hold on to it on Sunday mornings for one hour when we're here. God, help us live a life that's called out. God, help us come here to worship and honor you, but bring that back out into a world that desperately, desperately needs it. God, help us have the courage to do that this week, the boldness to do that this week. God, help this world be different because of your church, because of this church. God, we love you and pray things in your name. Amen.